0: people are here today y'all my heart is full i am so excited patrick white the one and only man of my life is here today i finally got him on the podcast to talk to you about his journey to brazilian jiu jitsu pat welcome
1: thanks for having me
0: so excited to talk with you it only took me about a year to finally convince you um but we are so excited to talk to you today. This is something that we're. I think we're all going to learn about. So if you don't know what jujitsu is, I have been sort of learning vicariously through Pat. And it's been amazing to hear everything from the very beginning, first class to now you are a blue belt, which is amazing. So I am going to kick it off to Chrissy, who, let me say, like, do you know anything about Jiu-Jitsu, Chrissy? Oh, no, I don't know.
2: I absolutely know zero about Jiu-Jitsu, and I know a lot about, a little bit about martial arts, because my father is now. I hope I don't get this wrong, but he is a shodan, shodan in Aikido, so I know that side of martial arts, but I know absolutely nothing about Jiu-Jitsu, so I want to know what... You have to say about it, Pat, and like how you can explain it, and maybe the difference between the two, because I want to know what the difference between this is versus like Taekwondo and Aikido and karate and all of that stuff. So let us know. Educate us.
1: (laughs) Um, All right. So we probably don't have enough time for me to fully explain (laughs) the history of Jiu Jitsu and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. But as the name implies, it's a martial art. That uh, is based out of South America and Brazil specifically, and it is considered a grappling martial art, which is the opposite of what you had mentioned, Chrissy, which Taekwondo is a striking art, which you can categorize the two as one uses punches and kicks and you stand up most of the time. And then grappling arts are a lot more like uh, uh, wrestling where you're physically hands on. Um, There's not a lot of striking involved and it's very self-defense based. Um, It's, it's not, um, there is a sport aspect to it, but uh, a lot of, a lot of schools focus primarily on the self-defense aspect of it. You know, how do you, how do you um, defend yourself against somebody uh, who's attacking you on the ground? Um, How do you, if you get thrown, how do you land on the ground without, you know, getting knocked out? Um, How do you control somebody on the ground if they're aggressive? Um, Things like that. So primarily when you train jujitsu, you're looking at things like joint locks um, and choke holds, which are uh, joint locks are things like an arm bar or wrist lock or an elbow lock. Um, and obviously chokeholds, as the name would imply is, you know, you're, you're choking somebody out by their neck usually. And there's two different types of chokeholds. There's a air, there's an air choke and a blood choke An air choke is where you constrict the throat. And then a blood choke is where you're actually constricting the carotid arteries, which run to your brain. So they're both, um, very effective at, uh, diffusing an aggressive person. So, um, the difference primarily being you're not doing a lot of punching and kicking in jujitsu whereas other arts like taekwondo boxing kickboxing things like that those are almost exclusively focused around punching and kicking and things like that
2: okay i like that yeah so my when my dad he teaches aikido in his school's aikido school of self-defense so it's very mm-hmm. similar to that in a different but there's not the wrestling aspect of it yeah
1: i don't same. know much about aikido um I mean, I'm familiar, I'm familiar with it, but I don't yeah. know much about the system of Aikido, but I know that there are similarities between the two. Um, using um, somebody's force and momentum against them. If they're being very aggressive, you can redirect that uh, to your advantage. So they do share some, a lot of martial arts uh, share similarities like that, but uh Jiu-Jitsu in particular is, um, you know, I've heard people refer to it as uh, ground karate things, silly, like th- silly things like that. But um it's, you start on the feet, but inevitably you end up on the ground. Um, so that's, that's the differentiator between the two, I think.
2: So what and made I- you pick this over the other modalities of it?
1: So when I first started training martial arts, I, I, I did not train jujitsu. I was, uh, I trained kickboxing. Um, and I felt like I was pretty good at it. Um, I'm pretty athletic guy. I'm, I'm not small so I felt like I had a decent size advantage and the school I was training at um, a friend of mine owned it and um, he invited me to one of his jiu jitsu classes one time and I just I wasn't interested um, but I just said hey I'll come in and i'll I'll just observe you know I just want to see what it's like so I went to a class I watched like an hour class and I thought okay you know maybe I can try this you know I'm I'm pretty young. I'm I'm in shape. You know, I'm strong. I'm working out. This should be a breeze for me. So,
2: how long ago was this?
1: So this would probably be in like 2014, maybe, Um, maybe end of 2014. I started getting serious in 2015. That was when I really started training. So, I came back the next day, and I had you know I had my ghee. I had never done this before, and we ended up getting to the point in class where we were sparring with each other. And in jujitsu, we call it rolling. Um, Cause you actually are rolling around on the ground. Um, and he paired me up with a guy who was quite a bit smaller than me. And I ended up getting submitted by this guy who was probably 50 pounds lighter than me and maybe four or five inches shorter than me. And that was a very humbling experience for me. I thought I was just going to steamroll over this person, but mm-hmm. he ended up, he ended up tapping me out like three times within 3 minutes and i was like hooked i was like okay like what is this like
2: I, <laughs> you got to watch <laughs> out for like, like, small okay. guys don't underestimate yeah. small guys <laughs> yeah. and, that's,
1: and that's actually what the the style actually um, that's one of the advantages of the styles you don't need to be a really big strong person i mean it helps but you you can control somebody, um, bigger than you, if you understand leverage and you can apply the techniques properly. Um, you can, you can get out of really bad situations. Um, so I thought, okay, you know, this is not only was it humbling, um, in the sense that I thought I was going to go in and I was just going to basically be the all-star, but it was far more rigorous of a workout than anything else I'd ever done before. Um, and I thought, you know, okay, uh, you know, I like to stay in shape. So maybe this is something that I should try more frequently. And as I continued going to classes, it just, it just stuck on me. Um, You know, and I eventually ended up walking away from the other martial arts that I was doing just to focus on Jujitsu full-time. So and, uh, you know, I I trained maybe two years, two years straight, um, you know, barring some injuries here and there that kept me off the mat for maybe three months at a time. But, and then I ended up having to take an extended break, but um, five years later, I got back into it um, down here in St. Augustine. And um, when I got down here, I thought, you know, okay, it's been a long time since I've done this. Let me check out, see if there's any schools in the area. And sure enough, there was a, a Gracie Jiu-Jitsu Academy down in St. Augustine. So I signed up, and uh, I've been going there ever since.
0: Well, I think. Two things there. One is there is a connection with Aikido, Taekwondo, Jeet Kune Do, whatever it is mentally, right? This is about showing up, you know, Pat often says, I don't know if I feel like getting beat up tonight. And I'm like, you're purposely putting yourself in there to strengthen and the vulnerability that you have just going to these classes, knowing that the injury is possible, if not probable, or that you may... Uh, I don't know, fight sort of, not to the death, but you know what I mean? Like to the tap out, that is definitely, uh, there's a mental component there. And before I talk about the injury side of it for health, I want to know what you learned, say, from starting out. We're always fresh and green when we start, right? And like you said, it humbled you, but what happened to you mentally when you started to learn the moves, to get on the top, to do the things the right way? Did you feel a sense of that in your life as well?
1: Yes. Um, yeah. There, there's a there is a great degree of discipline that goes into going re- regularly and ha- being in a routine, um, because it is really hard on the body. Um, you know, it can be difficult for people who are less durable to go frequently or on a regular schedule. And usually young, yeah, usually younger people, uh, are who you find in jujitsu academies and cause your body can take a lot of abuse as a young person. But, um, aside from the discipline of going in and, and just sort of forcing yourself into those difficult situations, you do walk out feeling a lot less stressed stressed out about the, the smaller things that life throws at you, right? So if you can survive five minutes with a person trying to choke you unconscious, there's not a lot else in life that is should stress you out. Like if you're at work and somebody's giving you grief, that's nothing compared to having somebody who's very advanced, very strong, maybe 10 years you. are like, look, you.
0: look, I can choke you out. You don't even <laughs> know.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it just, it makes you, it puts a lot of things in perspective mentally that, you know, you, a lot of times people will make a bigger deal out of things in their head than it actually is, you know, and if you can sort of pull yourself back from that cliff and be like, you know, all right, two nights ago, I, I just trained for 25 minutes straight with some very technically proficient and strong people. Um, you know, I'm not going to let little things like, uh, like a, a coworker who's annoying me get under my skin, right? Like it's, it, it puts those things in perspective. Um, and I'm not saying it's, it's like that all the time, obviously life is going to creep in. Um, but realistically speaking, there aren't a lot of scenarios worse than having somebody physically attacking you trying to hurt you. Um, So if you can become comfortable in those situations and you can only become comfortable in those situations by continually going and training and getting used to it, um, that should put a lot of other, that should turn the volume down on a lot of other noise in in your life. You know, somebody cuts you off in the, uh, you know, when you're driving your car, it's not a big deal. Like, um, you know, somebody cuts you off when you're on the way to class, that might motivate you to train a little bit harder, (laughs) right? But when you leave, you're not, you're kind of, you've, basically drained yourself of all of that uh, negative energy that you may have come into the gym with. Um, so that's one of the be- better things about training hard like that is, you know, you really can just kind of leave it all out there and walk away with, you know, nothing in your head, which right. is, you know, a good way to get some clarity on things.
2: I think i the the biggest thing that I got from that when you were talking is that it makes you It forces you to be in the present moment. Like you have to think about how to get out of that, how to get out of that situation of that very moment. You are like you said, not thinking about the person who cut you off on the way to class or who interrupted your day during, you know, your work hours. You're not thinking about any of that because you're you're it's forcing you to be in that present moment, which a lot of people have a hard time with being in the present moment.
1: Yeah. I think um when you first start training, you think a lot when you're out there because you don't understand what it is that you're doing. It's it, it can be complicated um, because you, your, your mind and your body have to work together um, and you have to like, when you do something with intention, you have, you have to realize that if you do it incorrectly, you may hurt yourself or the person you're training with. So you spend a lot of time thinking when you're new at it, but as you start to get better at it, like when I'm out there training and I end up getting to the end of class and my coach says, okay, it's time to, time to spar, time to roll. I'm not thinking about anything. I'm, my mind is literally blank. Like, as you said, like, I'm just in the moment. I'm not thinking about, okay, what am I going to do next? It's just because I've drilled repetitiously for years. Like second nature. What, what ha- it becomes muscle memory second nature. So if somebody gets on top of me, I immediately, my body just like, I don't have to even think about like, okay, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. My body just kind of automatically does it. And It's not until later at night when you get home and you start to decompress from that, you have a shower, you know, you have something to, you know, maybe have a protein shake or something to eat to replenish your energy. You start to think about like, wow, did I just really go through that like 25 minutes straight of, of fighting basically, you know, and I wasn't even like conscious at the time when I was doing it. Like I was, it was like conscious, it was unconscious consciousness as Bruce Lee used to put it right. Like your body just kind of like does what it's supposed to like do in like meditation.
0: I was just gonna say that. Meditation.
2: Yes. Yeah. This is physical and meditation.
1: It is. Like- it's physical meditation in the sense that um you are emptying or you're supposed to empty your mind and just let your body do what it naturally wants to do. Because your body you naturally will want to defend yourself. Yeah. Like when you hold your breath and you you can only hold your breath for so long before your body gives up and says, okay, it's time to start breathing again. The same thing is true with, you know, if somebody's on top of you, pinning you down, you're immediately going to reflexively fight back. Um, Whether you do that correctly or not, that depends on how long you've been training, but um, it's not something that you have to tell yourself to do, right? You just like, I don't want this person on me. So I'm going to try to fight to get out from underneath them. And that's just one example of a bad situation you might be in, but um, doing, The continuous training though just more deeply ingrains that into your into your mind and into your body's muscle memory. And then you just it's reflexive. It's you know, you don't have to tell yourself to breathe or for your heart to beat. It just does it. Right.
0: Yeah. So beautiful. Two things come to mind. When you were talking about after class, fight club comes to mind, right? Mm -hmm. So it was like sometimes you don't even know what you need when you go into this class, but you know you're gonna be there. You're gonna be You know, showing up with all of this power. And then when you walk out of there, you didn't even know what you needed to release. And I've even noticed it in you across the years, the before class pad and the after class pad are two different people. It's almost as if it's uh, when we balance our chakras, Chrissy, or when we, after Reiki or whatever, it is the same equivalent of having a beautiful breathwork and meditation session because it's an outlet. And that's what I want you to speak of is for those that are, you talk about protection a lot and self-defense, which I think is a core component. And if that's something that you think people should get into it for, but also that outlet of someone having something, right? Like everybody needs to have something. I've got meditation, breath work, Chrissy's sort of got energy and even home decorating and RV renovation. Like that's your outlet, right? Painting. This seems to be your outlet. Can you speak to how that might help people with maybe, say, anger issues, or you know, um, you know that that side of it? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, people have all sorts of reasons for joining uh, martial arts school, right? Whether it's boxing gym or jujitsu, whatever. A lot of times, people will join because you know maybe they feel inadequate in their life as far as um, you know maybe they're not very big or they get picked on, or maybe they feel like they've been victimized in some way. So I, I think that a lot of people kind of maybe start there and they go, okay, you know, maybe I need to, um, you know, learn how to defend myself. Um, that was, and that was a small part of why I, I did it, you know, um, why I started training. I, I didn't necessarily feel like I was a victim in any sense, but I did feel like, okay, life you know, is it, it life's big. Um, you're going to deal with a lot of people in life. Um, and you just want to have like a strong mental fortitude when you are out in the real world dealing with people, whether that's strangers on the street, coworkers, um, you know, people who are combative with you, uh, you, you name it. But, you know, over time, that became less why I was, I was going, um, you know, it was, I started to appreciate like the complexity of that martial art as I, you know, I can watch videos on YouTube of people doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and I understand it. Whereas some people who don't understand it will look at it and be like, oh, it's just people wrestling on the ground. Right. So I started to appreciate that, that aspect of it. It does take uh, some precision and some skill to do it. So, you know, it is an art in that, You know, I've heard people say that martial arts aren't really arts, but they are actually arts. They are, it, they're just a, it's a a physical art, right? Like Mm
2: -hmm. even
1: in some Japanese philosophies, you know, samurai were proficient killers, but a lot of them were also, you know, they don't, they were gardeners, they did calligraphy, they were painters, you know, there was always that duality between having a savage skill and having a more, um, I don't know what you would call it, but having a, the opposite of what that is, which is, you know, growing something or creating art or something like that. So, you know, I kind of think of it like that, you know, it's some, yeah, it is, it's a great workout and it does help me defend myself. But at the same time, like I'm learning a whole new set of life skills. It, it's very gratifying to like, especially at my age, I'm 43 years old. I'm not young. Like most of the people I train with are at least 10 years younger than me. There's maybe a few guys who are older than me. Um, but learning something like that, that at this point in your life is really gratifying um, because you kind of feel like, okay, I've, I've seen and done a lot in my life. Um, what else is there really, you know, but uh, I find that learning this new skill is cause it's very hands-on. Um, it's just, it just feels like I, it just, it, I feel like I'm growing inside a little bit more as I do this. Right.
0: Definitely. So I think if
1: people are looking for something that is kind of like a, like a multifaceted way to improve themselves. I think it's a good choice. I mean, I'm an advocate for it. Obviously, I, you know, I, I, I do it weekly, but um, you know, just make sure that if you, you know, you're going for the right reasons, um, don't go to learn. So a martial arts so that you can hurt people, obviously, that's like the number one rule I think over violence. Going, yeah. Don't go so that you can become a bully go so that you can, you know, become a better person on the inside. Also,
0: it's a commitment. This is. It is. Can you explain the belts? The
1: yeah. How- so, jujitsu has a a longer than normal ranking system. Um, it takes a long time to progress through the belts because it it like as I said, it is a hands on martial arts. You can't you can't really come home and do forms like you could with like karate or kung fu or something like that, where you have a preset. M- List of movements that you do over and over again to help you build um, that muscle memory. I mean, there are some things you can do, but really, you're going to only advance if you are there and training with other people who are giving you resistance. And so that takes, since you're sort of limited in time and the amount of time that you can train. You know, unless you're young and you have nothing else to do, you know, then you can go twice a day, like some some people (laughs) I know what they do you know, for somebody like me, who's got, you know, a job, a family, you know, I can do three days a week. That's, you know, that's about it. So you start as a white belt and as a white belt, I mean, you know, nothing, basically you come in, you're just basically, you know, I hate to say it, but you're just kind of like a, you know, you're just kind of fresh meat at that point, you know, um, you're learning how to fall on the ground. That's like the, that's like the first thing that uh, my coach teaches new people who come in. Can you hit the ground without knocking yourself out? Wow. Because you can actually get hurt just by falling, like,
0: Yeah, makes sense. I know. know, I've done it. It hurts. Me too, (laughs) several times. Obviously, we didn't do it
2: right.
1: So imagine getting thrown on the ground with force. Oh. You have to learn how to do, like, absorb that and be able to dissipate the energy and things like that. So you're learning a ton of just basics and fundamentals. That's, I think that's universal across all martial arts. As a white belt, you're just learning, like, the basic fundamentals. The difference is, is that most martial arts the, the ranking system and the promotion system happens a bit more frequently, I think, because it is something that you can pra- maybe practice on your own. Whereas jujitsu, you can't, you aren't really going to know how to do a move on somebody unless you're actually doing that move on somebody. And that just requires you to go. So you spend, you know, anywhere between a year and two years at white belt. Um,
0: dedication.
1: It's a long long time. And a lot of people don't make it past white belt. There's a lot of crazy statistics out there on like the percentage of white belts who start and then don't ever progress past white belt. It's, it, it's kind of, it's kind of scary.
0: Make or break. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
1: But then once you've sort of, you've gotten your legs under you and you don't, as my coach says, you know, I'm not making, he goes, you're still making mistakes, but you're not making stupid mistakes anymore, which is, you know, Okay. That's, I mean, that's just natural. Like you've, you've hit blue belt level where you're, you're proficient at being difficult to deal with, right? You're not a master. You're
0: not, I can vouch for that.
1: You're not a master, you know, but you are hard to pin down. You're hard to take down. You're hard to submit. Um, You know, that's, that's the next level. And you know, that blue belt is probably another two years. There are four degrees And each one is maybe like 100 hours of training. So you've got maybe 400 hours of training time with blue belt. Then after blue belt, you hit purple belt. And I've kind of heard that described as like purple belt is kind of where you start to develop like your overall like style of fighting. Um, Hmm. You know what submissions you like to do because just because you know a submission doesn't mean that's what you're going to do a lot of people are uncomfortable doing certain submissions because they're maybe their body doesn't like moving that, that direction or something like that. So, um, you tend to find things that you're good at and you can start to hone that and purple belt's kind of where you really start to develop that more advanced level. And then again, that's four degrees of, of rank in there. So you another 400 hours. And then after that you have brown belt, which is, um, you know, at that point you've You're, you're close to being a black belt. You, you probably have a majority of the knowledge that the system offers. Now it's just time for you to really refine it and finesse your techniques. And, uh, you know, I've spent some time on the mat with some brown belts and they are very, very tough individuals. They, you, they give you nothing and they take everything from you basically. Um, And again, that's four degrees. Then you have a black belt. Which obviously we, everybody knows what a black belt is. Um, there are more degrees in a black belt and I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, and then past black belt, there's a black and red belt, which is they call it the coral belt.
0: Whoa, which I didn't signifies
1: know that. which is signifies that you've you're past a black belt. And then you're like that,
0: super ninja status. That is and, it.
1: And then past that there's the red and white belt, oh which God. is even further. And then the the top level belt is a red belt and
2: I was typically, kind of hoping it was going to be gold. <laughs>
1: typically red belts are reserved for people who have been black belts. I think it's like 40 years as a black belt. Wow. So you got to start training pretty young to get a red belt. And I, you know, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think the only red belts that are alive right now are people from the Gracie Jitsu family. If I, I could right. be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that they're, there's more red belts in the Gracie family than any, any other jujitsu family. So, um, so that's, you're talking a lifetime commitment. get that um and if you're like me who discovered jujitsu when you're in your 30s you just do the best you can to get you know black belt is kind of like where i'm i'm aiming for you know um and i'll be lucky if i think if i get there but um that's kind of the way the ranking system works but at what
2: point do you can you teach it like what belt do you have to be to be able to teach it
1: so i've heard of blue belts teaching um but I think a lot of times if you want to teach, you need to get like some type of certification from the governing body of, ju- of the Jiu Jitsu Federation. Um, right. They're the ones who kind of host the competitions and things like that. Uh, I'm not sure how it works. It's never something that I've realistically entertained, at least not at this point in my career. Um, I just don't know enough at this point right. to feel comfortable teaching somebody accurately.
0: Yeah. Well, you could, and I encourage it because there are times where I go to like, you know, playfully slap you and he like grabs my hand and I'm like, oh my God, okay, 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 submit, yeah. submit, submit. Yeah. And there are times where I kind of catch him jujitsuing my dog a little bit in this playful thing. And it's it's awesome. So uh you are actually a wonderful teacher, and I highly encourage it because it's a it's a beautiful thing to see. So classes that I've seen, I was very surprised at the level of community. Um, I just really quickly before we wrap up, I want you to talk about the tribe mentality, right? So you go there, everyone has the same goal, the same purpose. What is sort of the the energy of these people here? I know they're all coming for different reasons, but the coaches and the camaraderie I think is a big part of uh, the people behind the scenes. What's that like? Yeah,
1: so I train at the Helsing Gracie Jiu-Jitsu Academy in St. Augustine. And that is run by Phil Cardella. And he is a third degree black belt under Helsing Gracie. Um, so he's, he's pretty good. <laughs> he knows this yeah. stuff. And he's a really good coach. Um, I really like training with Phil. He's, he's like, I just, I learned something new every time I'm there. Um, and I think his personality is I think a lot of people congregate to that gym because he is such a, like a, he's just such a good person to train with, you know, and he's very community uh, focused. He's always hosting tournaments and things like that goes out on his social media and he's always, he's always promoting it. Um, you know, he doesn't have to do that. Um, you know, he could just run his gym like any other person, but, um, you know, he likes to get the community involved. So, you know, that being said, his core group of students—they're all, you know—we all kind of we all have a common goal. Like you know, nobody at that gym is you know egotistical or anything like that. I feel like I can learn something from anybody. Any any of the higher belts are—they're always very willing to teach and you know give you pointers and things like that. Um, so you kind of walk in and you feel like you know these people. These people are you know they're your friends and you like you can you have to trust them. Because yeah. they're literally trying to tear your arm off or choke you. And if you don't trust that, it's like a trust fall, right? Like you, if you don't trust the person behind you, like you're never going to get anything out of it. So going and having like that, that bond with people is, I think it's really important, especially for younger people, especially yeah. today, like in the, in this day and age when I think, you know, people are kind of disconnected from each other. Um, I think it's nice to have some actual in-person just interaction with people and you can laugh and joke about stuff. And, you know, at the end of the day, you all kind of walk out feeling spent and you all kind of have that mutual respect for each other. Like, okay, like we all know exactly what it takes to do this. So, you know, that's a level of respect that you can give somebody because I know what I'm going through. So it has to be similar to what this other person's going through, you know, I guess physical body types you know, aside, it might be easier for a 25 year old to do it than a 43 year old, but it's still difficult. And I think you can, um, you build sort of like a, like I said, you just build a mutual respect with people who are there. Cause you know what they're going through.
2: Yeah. Um, and it feels good to have that good old in-person energy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. After- Yes, it is so good to hear all the levels of this. Thank you for sharing it all. It seems like a wonderful thing for anyone to do that is looking for a space to be themselves, looking for an outlet, looking for protection, looking for community, looking for that almost meditation space of mindset and strengthening the body. I mean, you, this is like the whole package. Uh, so I appreciate you sharing your journey. Um, and again, I want to give Phil and his, um, studio, a shout out. His handle is MMA for the number four, Florida. Uh, so we'll post that in the show notes as well. Great studio, amazing space in St. Augustine, Florida. So, we'll be sure to, to send him love. And uh, is there anything else that you wanted to share really quickly before we wrap up?
1: Uh, yeah. Get your kids involved in jujitsu. Nice. Uh, it's, he, 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 Phil has a great kids class and like the kids love it. And yeah. I think it's really important um, for kids to have physical activity and they just seem to love it. So I I wish I had known what jiu-jitsu was when I was like nine, 10 years old. Um, I kind of regret not, not knowing that, but um, if you can get your kids involved early on, um, I recommend it. It's very good at building character.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. Thank, you, Thank, Pat. You. Uh, Thank you. We appreciate you so much. Uh, you can find us at heal your life with us podcast, anywhere you listen, anywhere you watch and me. Breathe with me, Kaylin Bree on YouTube at CBC Inked.
2: And you could find me on Instagram, C-H-R-1-S-S-Y underscore rice, R-I-C-E, or at sunshine Thanks, y'all.
0: Happy healing. Yes, you got this.